0: Okay, so I had an interesting topic. Actually, this was Rabbi Shmimman's topic. He, uh, he informed me this week of what he wants uh, me to discuss. So I don't know what he has in mind, but um, it does sound like an important topic about trying to work together with others in a productive manner while we're learning. So we've all had chavrusas in our lives. And some of them maybe had been uh, more productive. Some of them had been less productive. And I wanted to discuss the topic a little bit to try to figure out how to uh, approach, you know, the project of working together with the chavruta, maybe from a uh, mature perspective. Certainly when we're, uh, you know, 18 years old and we have, Approach it, we might approach it in one manner, but uh, as we get older, hopefully we can uh, develop our you know, thought process of how we approach learning together with the Chavrusa in a more uh, mature kind of fashion. And really, I guess when I was thinking about it, it's really the kind of topic that's related to anytime we're working together on a project with someone. Really, learning together is one kind of important project in life where we're working together as a team, you know, with our in order to try to accomplish whatever goals that we want to accomplish when we're learning Torah. But really throughout life, there are a lot of kinds of teams. There are a lot of times that we work together with others in order to um, try to accomplish something as a team together. So I guess the topic really is maybe more focused on learning but it really hopefully should be somewhat of a topic that's related to other areas as well. So I guess anytime that we want to approach a project, we want to try to figure out how can we be the most successful? How are we going to make it the most productive? And we probably also want to figure out how do I do it the most appropriately, right? Those are two related goals, but in a way they're very separate. One is whatever The exact uh, project is I want to accomplish the most that I can in this project. If it's learning, I want to learn as much as I can. Um, And I want to join together with someone as a teammate to try to learn together with him as well as I can. And at the same time, I want to do it in the most appropriate fashion. So I broke it down into like a few different uh, aspects. One aspect is we probably want to develop the proper goals. A second aspect is we want to develop proper and appropriate methods for achieving these goals. We want to recognize what are the challenges that stand in the way? And maybe how do I address these challenges? Can I ask a question? Oh, please. Shalom Aleichem.
1: Uh, When you say you want to do it in the most appropriate way, what do you mean by that? Okay, so maybe I'll ask you the question. Um, when we're
0: coming to sit down to learn with someone, what are the kinds of things that might make it more appropriate or less appropriate? Like, I mean, there's no right an- right or wrong answer. I'm just asking you, like, what would come to your mind if we wanted to ask ourselves, what would be the most appropriate way to learn with the Chabrusa? And... What... Uh-huh. So tell me, what were you saying?
1: I think uh, it's for both of us to connect to Hashem to the closest uh, point to the closeness uh, to the Hashem, you know? And if uh, uh, our closeness to each other and understanding would bring us close to Hashem, that's the way to do it.
0: Okay, I could
1: not have said it any
0: better. Um, That's beautiful. Meaning that hopefully should be the most appropriate way to um, approach learning with the Chavrusa, but there's an interesting Gemara that uh, refers to, um, I forgot which Tana it was, but it's quoted in the opening page of many Gemaras, where there was a tefillah that this Tana said um, before he started learning. It's actually brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. Um, I personally never really got into it for some reason, but uh, I know some people do, some people don't, where this Tana sat down and he said to himself, Actually, he said to Hashem, he said, Hashem, please help me out. When my chavrusa makes a mistake, please help me not um, be happy about that. Meaning, he was saying about himself that I know that there's some level of competition that often exists. And in a way, I like to be better. I like to win the comp- competition. It's a little bit of a race. Who's going to be better at uh, getting the shot in uh In Torah, am I going to win the race or is my chavrusa going to win the race? And part of his tefillah is, I want to ask Hashem, Hashem, please help me avoid um, falling into that ego trap. And he said a similar thing. Please um, help my chavrusa not be uh, so happy when I make a mistake. So in a way, I think what he was highlighting is that it's very difficult to not have ego-driven types of goals when we're sitting down to learn. Now, realistically, you know, none of us are um, fully accomplished in the area of humility. We're all working on it and we're probably pretty good at it um, compared to what we could be if we never worked on it. But at the same time, it's very normal and expected for all of us to be both sensitive to not want to be wrong. And it's normal for all of us to be a little bit happy when our chavrusa or our friends you know, make a mistake. So I guess in a way, what we're trying to do is really to balance the fact that I want to learn for the right reasons. And I want to try to make sure that I'm not too ego-driven, you know, at the same time when I'm learning. I don't want to be too happy in my heart when my chavrusa makes a mistake. I don't want it to be so important to me to be better than my chavrusa, to make sure that I got the shot better than he did. So in a way, this is something that Tanoim said, and it's something brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. It sounds like it's the kind of thing that's relevant to all of us. That to some degree, all of us are, are challenged with this uh, nisayon, with this challenge of having part of our goal of learning is in order to be better than the people around us. And that's an important um, focus that sometimes we have. And the goal, I guess, that we should have is to try to avoid that. So I guess that would be like one thing to consider when we're talking about learning appropriately with a chavrusa, to learn in a manner where we're not um, trying to be better than the other person. Rather, we're more focused on trying to get um, a proper understanding of the Torah, right? So again, it's a tall mountain to climb to really work on humility and to get better and better at it. But it sounds like it's a good goal for something that we could hopefully be getting better at um, throughout our lives. And when we have a more mature um, approach toward learning, so then more of our focus will be to try to get the right understanding. And a a little less of our focus would be in order to try to make a name for ourselves, in order to try to be better than others around us. So that was one consideration that I thought was extremely helpful, is that recognition of our vulnerability to um, fall into these traps. So one thing that I noticed was there's a line in the Ar Sadiqim that I was reading recently that really struck me. He talks about the mida of Rahmanas, the mida of compassion. And he says a very strong line. He says that every single word that we say to someone else, should be with compassion. So at first glance, it struck me as something that was not the way that I would have normally thought about it. Normally, we think about the concept of compassion being something that's relevant to the kind of conversations where someone is expressing a need, right? If someone's friend or their spouse or their child or someone in their life is telling them, you know what, I'm going through a hard time. So there's a lot of room for compassion to reach out to them in a compassionate kind of manner where we're expressing, you know, our understanding, our caring, and our encouragement for toward the other person to help them deal with the life situation. But what does he mean that every conversation that we have with someone else should be a conversation that is full of compassion and full of expressing respect where does that come up if you're having a business meeting with your friends or your partner or your clients or your employer or you're just shooting the breeze with a friend of yours or you're bumping into someone in shul and you're just saying hello like where's there room for compassion in the everyday mundane conversations so any thoughts about that what would, what would you guys say about that like where's there room for compassion within every conversation that we have with someone else? Would you say that there's room for compassion, or really it's just shooting the breeze? Like where's there room for compassion in such a in every single conversation that we have with someone?
1: So what do you say? Any thoughts? I think uh, when you are uh, deeply immersed in a material world, there is mm-hmm. no compassion.
2: Mhm.
1: So that's only, mm-hmm.
2: only
1: only when only when you're completely free from this from the material world and you open your eyes that's when you you can be completely truly humile I don't, I don't know how to say it correctly hum 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 humiliate hum, uh, uh you, you understand what i'm saying right Okay yeah
0: i you, think so i think what I think that makes a lot of sense that in order to be compassionate, we have to see outside of our own little bubble. And often, you know, when we're distracted and focused on ourselves, it's hard to really see other people and other people's needs. But okay. even when we are outside of our bubble and we are seeing other people and other people's needs, it struck me as interesting that the Arch would say that most conversations that we have with other people would really enable us to have an opportunity to have compassion because many conversations that we have with others are about their needs. But many conversations we have with other people are not about their needs. They're not necessarily expressing, I had a bad day. They're not necessarily expressing that I'm going through a hard time. So where's there room for that compassion, for that Rachmanus in the everyday conversation that you're having with someone? Like, Rachmanis is normally something that I would have thought of as the kind of thing that's relevant when someone is expressing to us something related to their own difficulties. Not necessarily something that would be relevant when you're shooting the breeze with with your friends or talking to them about a business meeting or talking to them about your favorite football team. You know, you're talking about football. You're not uh, expressing compassion. So even when we're looking outside of our own bubble and we are looking toward the other person and we're seeing the world that they're living in to whatever extent that we can, where is there really so much room for, um, for rahmanas within our daily conversations? So it could be what the Arch is saying is somewhat left after. Maybe the words kul are a little exaggerated. But the way that I would understand it is that maybe it's not really exaggerated. Maybe he really means it. And he means to say that anytime we're communicating with someone, there's always either a verbal or a nonverbal communication about what our thoughts are about the other person. Meaning when you walk away from a conversation with someone, you often get a sense, does he respect me? Does he care about me? Are my feelings and needs relevant to him? So there are times we might be talking about, you know, who's your favorite football team? And with one person, we'll walk away from the conversation with either a neutral or a negative uh, sense about, you know, how that conversation went. And with someone else, we'll walk away from the conversation with a positive feeling of when I told him that I liked this football team and I thought that it was a really good football team. He may have disagreed with me, but he didn't tell me that he thinks I'm foolish. He didn't tell me he thinks I'm ridiculous. He didn't tell me that I must not have been watching the same uh, film that he had watched. Like I walked away with a sense that, you know, he really gave me his attention in a meaningful kind of way. He really was listening to me with an attentive kind of focus where he showed me that my thoughts were important that my thoughts were meaningful.
1: So but who cares what your friend thinks about you? Why you care what your friend what someone thinks about you? But starts from this. Okay, so that's a really it's good a, question. It's a question. It's a question for for, for I don't know. Uh, no, I have I have this question. I mean you you want someone to approve you, to respect mm-hmm. you so you can reassure yourself.
3: Right? right?
1: but instead maybe you should know yourself and you like know who you are and then it should be enough for you. And then mm-hmm. if someone respects you, then they respect you, but some they don't, they don't respect you for any other reason. Maybe that should not bother you that much. Right, I think what you're saying is very true. That
0: should be a goal that we should try to have for ourselves to try to... I'm not
1: up- saying I'm like this. I'm, I'm, I'm very... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can't hurt me easily, so I'm just saying. Like, no, uh, but that's good.
0: I think what you're saying is
1: really a good goal
0: for for all of us is to get closer toward being self-sufficient in our own self-esteem. But like you're saying, none of us are at that goal yet. And certainly, it's good to be aware of that, that we're not at that goal, and also to be aware of the fact that our friends who we're talking to are not at that goal yet. So the way we relate to other people should always be with a recognition of the fact that I want the person to feel better about themselves from the fact that they've had this conversation with me. And I would really want that from someone else. I can't necessarily control that. But at least whatever we could do for others, the Arachas is telling us that don't think that compassion is only relevant when it's a conversation that's related to a topic where someone's expressing their pain and their suffering or their, you know, hard day. Compassion could be relevant, you know, if someone says, you know what, I had a great day. So do we give them a sense or do we really feel like, hey, that's amazing. That's such a great thing. I hope you have a great day tomorrow. Now, it's to be even a little-
1: harder. It's even harder. To do <laughs> what? To share someone else's. Well, situation. if someone complaining, saying something that, you know, maybe you can feel it, you know, you can show the empathy, but mm-hmm. when someone feeling good and you make uh, you you make him feel like you also feel good and you really truly feel good, that's even harder. Right. To do, that it, to do like
0: that. yeah, it often is somewhat easier to feel empathy for others when they're expressing their pain than it is to uh, feel empathy for others when they're not necessarily expressing their pain, or even when they're expressing simcha and to be able to really care and be happy about uh, someone else's simcha. And the Rucha is te- teaching us this lesson that every single conversation has either the opportunity to have a verbal recognition for someone else that you matter to me, your feelings matter to me, your existence is important to me. I respect you and I care about you to whatever degree that I can. Or we have the challenge that sometimes what comes across is the opposite. And the message that the other person walks away with is that's a person who either looks at me as irrelevant to them or maybe even worse. It's someone who looks at me where they don't really care. They don't really respect me. And I'm walking away feeling disrespected, uncared for. So in a way, what does that have to do with the Chavrusa? Um, I would imagine that if we're sitting down for an hour learning the Chavrusa and we're reading a Gemara, we're reading a Rashi, we're reading uh, Pasuk and Chumash together, and we're trying to really figure out what is Hashem teaching us? What is the Torah teaching us? So at some point, we're going to share what we think is um, the understanding of Rashi. And our Chavrusa is going to look at us and say to us, yeah, I love that shot. it makes so much sense to me. Um, or our chavrus is going to look at us and they're going to really not agree with our reading of Rashi. And how are they going to communicate with us? Are they going to say, what are you talking about? How could you be so foolish to learn Rashi like that, when it's so clear that that can't be what Rashi's saying? Or they might tell us that but what about this? This doesn't fit in according to the way you, the fool, are reading it, right? There's no way that that's really what Rashi is saying. So in a way, you know, there's so many different interactions where, if there's ever a relationship where we're sort of put in a situation where we're judging someone else's um, thought process, we're judging someone else's um, understanding where we're maybe judging the person's ability to understand and their ability to come to conclusions that we feel like are respectable, it's hard to find a a relationship where we're less um, open to be judged than a relationship of a charusa. Now, when it's used in a positive way, it could be amazing because even if we disagree with what the other person is saying, it's usually not all or nothing, right? It's usually not that we think that the whole thing is totally right or totally wrong, right? Very often we're learning with someone and we might see it somewhat differently where they're saying something, so Pshat and Rashi. And we think that the, the logic that they're saying for Rashi is great. We just don't think that it fits so well into the words. So one way to look at it would be, that's great. It makes so much sense what you're saying but when I'm trying to read it into the words, it doesn't really read so uh, so easily for me. Like, to me, it sounds like you might be saying something differently. That's, I guess, one approach. A slightly different approach, or maybe a totally different approach would be, what are you talking about? That's not at all what Rashi's saying. Did you try to read these words? Like, how could you even begin to think that this might be what Rashi's saying? Now, often we... Won't necessarily express it in such a condescending, with such condescending words, but sometimes the tone of how we communicate is even more important than the actual words that we use to communicate. Like sometimes the tone, you know, might be really telling us, you know, that we think about the other person's shot in a very negative kind of way. And sometimes the tone could really be reflecting on how we think about the other person's ability to even, you know, come to an understanding. And really, I guess if we try to be more sensitive about that, we can realize that, you know what, there's probably a lot more logic to where the person's coming from than I'm seeing and hearing at first glance. Let me think about what he's saying. Let me appreciate, you know, what he's saying. Maybe I'm the one who's missing something. And even if I'm not the one who's missing it, it doesn't mean that the person should be spoken down to as a human being because the fact that I disagree with what he's saying now why is this a big deal um so I guess if we had to vote is this a big deal not a big deal or somewhere in between um so what would what would your votes be what would you think like is this something that really makes a big difference is it something that really is important to work on Or is it something that's really not really so relevant? It's not really so important. And it's like, it's like beyond, you know, the letter of the law. Like if when we're done working on everything else, if we still have time, this is like extra credit, you know, or is this something that we would look at as this is like one of the fundamental responsibilities that we have. Um, So Eitan votes, very important. Um, So, Hillel, Nukri, what do you guys say? What are your thoughts about this?
1: I want to hear Hillel. I haven't heard his voice for quite a long time. I'm uh, located hey, in
3: Georgia right now. Oh, hey, good <laughs> <laughs> um good to
4: see
3: I, you, think man. I don't um I don't I don't really view it so much as like like doing a khassad for someone. I think it's I think it's more like an attitude if you if you respect other people then that now it comes across. I mean, it it's the same thing. I just um, meaning what I'm saying is, I don't think it's so much like in the technique, right? I think it's. I think it's. Well, no, you were saying like non-verbal communication, which is something that comes from like your actual feelings and not what you're trying to put across. But which
0: which in a way makes it harder, probably, because if we want to work on it. Like, it sounds like according to what you're really sharing with us, if it was really just a technique, it could be we could work on the skill and the technique. You know, what makes it maybe a little bit harder is if the way we really think about the other person is that here's a guy you can't read Rashi, what's wrong with the guy? Like, I really uh, don't respect him. So then even if we tried to work on a technique, it's not really gonna help because it's really our thoughts about the other person are going to come across whether we like it or not. So we could try to some extent to be um, more sensitive and more aware, but it's probably going to be difficult for us to really accomplish anything if we don't change our mindset. Right? So I think, oh, Rabbi Sheminman, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome. We can't fully hear you when you're on mute, but... um, Okay, um, Ravish Mimen, you are on mute. We can't fully hear you. I don't know if you could hear us either. Okay.
5: Okay. But, now, but, now you can hear me. Just leaving the Bar Sepulchrasina, which was uh, quite mouth, an uh, indescribable <laughs> events. <a> beautiful cinema, <laughs> say the least. Okay, uh, now I'm doing myself
0: again. Go. Okay, that is great. Um, so, Hillel, I think what you're really highlighting makes it really very um, challenging for us to really make significant improvements in this kind of area. Because even, let's say we do grant that this is super important because it's not really just about Lifnei or Sadin. It's not about doing some extra chesed. It's really a basic fundamental responsibility that we have to be nice to people, right? If we want to uh, treat other people properly, So speaking down to them is not okay. And not speaking in a respectful, kind, considerate kind of fashion is um, also not okay. This is really not Lifni Meshura Sadin. So one of the, I guess, things to maybe try to focus on is really when we appreciate the importance of such a thing, that if we're sitting down and working with someone for an hour, whether it's a chavrusa or if it's a coworker or if it's anyone we're working on a project with together and we're communicating to each other, especially about someone else's uh, thoughts, their feelings, their capabilities to have, you know, a wise approach toward the project they're working on and they're sharing their thoughts. So if we know that we're automatically going to now be communicating with them, what we think about their ideas, their thoughts, and really them as a person, so this is a challenge. Hashem is giving us this challenge. Hashem is saying, are you going to be able to share um, positive thoughts with your friends, with your Harusa, with your coworker? Or are you going to make him feel bad about, bad about himself? Sakin so, tells us that this is not something that comes up once a day. It's something that comes up within any conversation that we have with someone. He says, every single conversation we have with someone is either going to be with Rachmanus, with care, concern, and respect, or it's going to be without Rachmanus. So we have, imagine if we have, you know, within an hour conversation, we have a hundred different opportunities to either eat chazer or not eat chazer. So let's say we do relatively well And we get a 65 on our test, so it ends up that we ate uh, 35 pieces of chazer this minute, this hour. You know that's you know the Chavetz Chaim. He really tells us that we should look at Ben Adam Lechaveru in that same kind of manner. Now, obviously, Hashem only expects us to accomplish what we reasonably can accomplish, and it may not be reasonable to really be able to respect other people all the time, within every conversation that we have, that sounds like a really tough goal. But if we do have that recognition that within, in our conversation that we have with the chavrusa, friend, the coworker, we are going to be facing this challenge of, am I trying to be
2: better than them? Am I putting them down in my communication with them? Am I showing them respect? You know, on the, other, on the opposite end, am I showing them respect and compassion? within this conversation. So when we recognize, I guess, both the opportunity and the responsibility to really be able to try to work on ourselves, maybe if we realize I'm learning with someone and I don't really respect them so much. So how is it gonna be that I'm not gonna communicate that with them? How is it gonna be that I'm not gonna be hurting their feelings and speaking down to them within this conversation? I don't really know how to do that yet. So is there something I can do to work on myself in order to try to figure out how to do that better? So Hill was telling us that to some degree, maybe it might be related to focus, but it's not really just about focus and technique. It's really about what are our true honest thoughts about the other person. Oh no, the the voice, uh, the sound isn't coming across too much. Um, I'll do my best. Please let me know uh, if it gets better. Um, so that's the challenge that Hill is uh, challenging us with. So how do you work on it? Let's say we wanted to work on it. We wanted to We recognize I'm going to be speaking to someone for an hour. I'm going to be learning with my friend, my Favissa, my, uh, um, whoever, my whoever I'm learning with. And I'm going to be facing the challenge of trying to communicate with respect and compassion. But I don't really have this respect and compassion for the person. So what are my options right now? What do I do? Like, how do I try to do my best in order to get better at this? So um, what are your thoughts? Anyone have any suggestions?
1: Um, yeah, I can. uh, I, 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 uh... You know, I just want to say something, Ari. Um, sure, please. I think, um, um, you know, we all get caught up, you know, like you said, with doing things, and uh, sometimes we forget things. And uh, I think that uh, is very important that, uh, especially when it comes to learning, and in any any in any situation, actually, not in, but especially when it comes to learning. Uh, what what is the purpose of your learning Mm -hmm. maybe we should rehearse that you know the primary purpose of the learning is Torah for Lishma Torah right Mm -hmm. and that should be the main main goal that we should be learning and I think that that should put things in perspective that should uh, sort of say put things in line because Mm -hmm. if you Uh, If you're building a building and on a zero ground, you're off the line. By the time you go up, you know, the building is going to break and collapse. Mm -hmm. So you can learn a lot of Torah and you can have a lot of knowledge. You know, it can be very knowledgeable and maybe more intelligent than your friend. But it's for it it looks like it's for the sake of knowledge of knowing, you -hmm. know. But that's not what, what should be the primary reason and the primary goal. The primary goal is should be that we should stay closer to Hashem. And I don't think that anybody with that reason, coming learning sh- would be, you know, um, abusing or sort of say disrespectively talking to his fellow, but there is a friend or a fellow Jew you know i i don't know i, I, I don't know I, I have this feeling that there might be something that uh, like you know when people go pray every morning sometimes it's it's like a it's a it's like a custom it's you just do it automatically you know not even mm-hmm. think about thinking about it but in reality you know this is something that should be taken like very very special every time you do it Every time you want to connect to Hashem, it should as a bridge through you and to the Hashem. That should be everything that you do, I think, in life. You know, and that should be, I think, that uh, would help us to, you know, to communicate correctly and to, you know, to behave correctly. You know, I think uh, uh, it's not my words, it's a lot of the things that I also read.
2: <laughs> oh, my <God>. oh Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: Eddie. What you oh, Revalia, Re- may, may I share a quick uh, thought? Please. Uh... First, first, I have to say I want to thank Nukri for getting up so early in the morning in Georgia to share thank those beautiful so words with us. That is a very special treat. <laughs> a lot I, of I, love love. I get to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, the, the, the thought that I had as Rav Nukri was, was, was finishing his, his idea was that um, we should try to create the, the, the team concept. Even though, you know, we are each individuals, or we may have our own ideas and they may be very different from one another. But since we are together, we, if we could try to view ourselves as some kind of a team, as some kind of a unit, we are here to succeed together. In gaining this knowledge, of whatever we are trying to study, or to accomplish this project, and the business world tries to use this. So, if we can try to even even spell it out to each other, let's let's try to be the best team we can be, even though it's a small team, maybe a two man team. But you know, you have teams of two people, doubles and tennis and things like that. So, we should try to be a good team for. for the two to succeed. How does that sound? That sounds
0: great.
5: Uh, It sounds like when you put together,
0: you know, those two um those two approaches, it definitely makes it a lot easier. I mean at the end of the day, we're not going to be better than the Tanoim. Right. And the Tanoim we're used to Davin that I shouldn't be too happy when my chabrusa makes a mistake and I get it right. So We should always be aware that we're always going to be vulnerable, right? We're definitely all somewhat ego-driven. And when we're coming to learn, especially because it's so important to us, so our um, understanding of Torah and our ability to understand Torah, that's always going to be a big part of you know, what's fueling some, some of our self-esteem. So it's going to be really hard for it to not be something that really makes us happy when we are able to understand um, a concept in learning may be better than some of those around us. So we're always gonna be vulnerable to it. But if we keep these ideas in mind that to a large extent, we wanna make it a team feeling, we wanna work on a project together. To a large extent, really, when we have the reminder of what am I focusing on? What? Why am I learning? Why am I trying to accomplish this goal? Am I really doing it because I'm trying to be an Ever Hashem, trying to serve, serve God to the best of my capacity. And this is part of it. And certainly Hashem's uh, trying to emulate the ways of Hashem would certainly not relate to putting other people down and trying to make them feel bad. So I think those two factors together are super, super important. I think you know the third aspect of just the recognition of the opportunity and the responsibility to be nice to other people certainly is extremely, extremely helpful. Like when we recognize that every time that we speak nicely to someone, we're accomplishing such an important goal in life. And every time we speak not nicely to someone, we're really making um, a very big mistake in our lives. So when we recognize the gravity of the opportunity and the responsibility of talking nicely to others when we're learning with them, So if we go through the day when we wanna know, I spent 20 minutes learning with my chavrusa. And you know what? It was an amazing day. I was able to uh, speak nicely to So that makes me feel amazing about myself. So if that's how we really view what we're accomplishing by being nice to others, so then we'll certainly be motivated to speak more nicely. But I think Hillel's question is still gonna always be there. His question is, what if I feel like my chavrusa is a dope? What if I really don't respect my Chavrusa? So I want to feel like a team. I'd feel it would be so much easier for me to feel like we're a team if I wasn't learning with such a moron. You know, like
3: in all fairness, I didn't, I didn't say all those things.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I am expressing your words, maybe with a little more how about drama.
5: But you, um, you torturing me. You know, you're torturing me. <laughs> I have to bear that.
0: But Rabbi. <laughs> Um, I think what's important is really to recognize that it, we sometimes say those words in more subtle kind of ways. Like, let's say there are times where the tone of voice is really reflecting. Like, how could you say that? Anyone who has any um, sophisticated thought would never say the shot that you're saying. You know, so that might be, um, we may not use those words, but a lot of times it's the tone of voice of how we communicate, where we're really um speaking down toward others in a very dramatic kind of uh manner so i guess really i think in order to really accomplish our goals properly in this area what's important is really to realize that is really to work on it to try to really figure out how do i not see someone else who disagrees with me in such a critical kind of manner if we really have a thought pattern where we really do look down on other people who disagree with us in a very critical manner, then all the outside factors are not really going to help us too much. Because if in our mind what we're processing is, I have one understanding of TOSFIS, the understanding of TOSFIS that you have is um, very foolish, and if that's how we're processing it, it's going to come across whether we like it or not, and whether we want to Work as a team or we don't want to work as a team and whether we're lishma or not lishma to really be able to see that there's often a lot of truth in someone else's um, you know thoughts and and perspectives even if we don't fully agree with what they're saying and i think in if that's something that we really work on trying to figure out is let me really think about what the other person is saying and let me try to recognize that it's probably um, coming from a place of wisdom. It may not be fully true. It may not be fully accurate. He may be misreading some of the words of Rashi. He may not have um, had all the steps of the uh, Gemara very clear. But what he's saying often is probably more true than I'm giving him credit for. And let me really, you know, listen to him and let me think about what he's saying. And let me try to recognize that It might be 90% true and 10%, uh, you know, not true. You may be seeing a great spara, it just happens not to fit in in this context, or maybe it really fits in a lot better than uh, I think that it fits in. And just because my initial reaction is that it's wrong, doesn't mean that it's really so wrong. So I think it's probably part of a much bigger kind of project to work on, really how we relate to other people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors in a less critical and condescending kind of manner. But certainly, if we recognize that, like uh, Nukri was saying before, our goal of learning is one thing. We want to get closer to Hashem. And part of being closer to Hashem relates to learning. But um, a good partner in what's super important uh, part of getting closer to Hashem is really being nice to other people in the way that we think about them, the way we um, talk about them, the way we speak to them. And... In a way, the more we prioritize that as a really, really important part of our learning is when we're learning, we're not just learning. What we're doing is we're often communicating. And even when we're talking about, you know, a uh, let's say if we're reading someone's ideas, if we're reading, you know, a modern day, uh, you know, safer, and we really don't um, agree with it fully. Um, so are we slugging it up? Now, even if we translate those words, slugging it up. You know, we're making it, you know, less than um, something worth, worthwhile. You know, if we're slugging up our we're making him feel like there's something wrong with him and wrong with his chagut, as opposed to we're working together to really understand something. And probably, you know, any safer that we learned, if we spoke to the mechaber of the safer, we'd probably walk away you know, not thinking that he's uh, his shot is as foolish as we might sometimes, um, you know, speak about it. So I guess, you know, really just trying to prioritize it. This is an important, important pro- um, um, project that working on how we speak to others, you know, when we're learning with them and how we speak about others when we're discussing their ideas sounds really, really important. Hello, what do you say? Um, Hill, did you want to share something?
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I raised my hand. You saw that? I see it now. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. I don't know. Oh, shoot. It comes up on the whole entire thing. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to take it down. <laughs> Either way, lower hands. Okay, here we go. Um, I think, um, I, I, I don't think I was really talking to the, I think the situation you're talking about is, like, when you're talking about something talking about an idea with another person or working on a project with another person where like in a way you're kind of, I mean, you could choose to be in that situation, but in some some instances you're like forced into the situation. Um, I think I was trying to comment more on your idea about how all conversations can be compassionate. And as far as that's concerned, I think I was trying to say that the most basic element is just like, especially if you're like involved in the conversation on your own volition, mm-hmm. your own choice, then just like like being like like listening to what they're saying, like like being present in the conversation, like actually being there, uh, um, okay. like respecting them in that way. I just meant like that very basic level of like, there's another person here. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to what he says. I I'm not like trying to be nice to him. I'm not like trying to do a chesed for him. I'm just right. like respecting him in a very basic, in a very basic way. I, I think I think it could be to me like the idea of like working on something. Um, I don't know. For some reason, that doesn't like fit well into my. Into my. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't usually think of like working on things. I'm just. I'm just talking out my own. Like how I, I so I, I think that's why when when you were talking about like um, whatever everyone says it everyone says like working on this working on that. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so it could be I'm just I'm just trying to translate it into my own um, template. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I I just said I don't know if what I said makes sense, but that's. I think it. I, I, the way I'm I hearing am. what you're saying is that. First of all,
0: yeah, I misunderstood what you were saying before. I do uh, agree with you with what I think you're saying now, which is the fact that a lot of times, you know, just with giving someone else the respect of being engaged in the conversation that you're having with someone itself is um, itself is a lot of respect, you know, where uh, where. You, are respecting the other person as a human being who has thoughts who is uh our relationship with them is somewhat important the fact that we'll we'll at least give them the consideration that when we're having a conversation together you'll be you'll be there you'll be present you'll be um really thinking about what um, the discussion is about in a meaningful kind of way right so I, i certainly um I often find myself not doing that, especially with uh, younger people, like,
2: certainly with kids. You know, they're talking about whatever they're talking about, and, <laughs> like, Dad, are you listening? You know, it is something that, unfortunately,
0: they may not express, but they might be thinking and feeling more than uh, they might actually express and giving them that, you know, that respect, that if we're having a conversation, to really be actively present sounds like a very basic level of respect. A lot of what I was focusing on was more just how do we relate to their thoughts?
2: And sometimes, you know, really in the environment and the society we live in, a lot of things are very black and white and it really teaches a different way of thinking. You know, either the conservative
0: mindset is totally right or the liberal mindset is totally right. So imagine having a conversation with someone who has a different uh, political kind of opinion and really trying to understand where they're coming from and respect where they're coming from, but still disagree with in a passionate kind of manner. You know, it's not necessarily something that we're trained by our society to um, to approach those kind of
2: conversations with that, with a real respect and an understanding for where someone else is coming from. So not only when we speak about them, but when we're speaking to them,
0: certain, certain things come across. Um, So I don't know, these are just some thoughts, but I guess, you know, really more of what I had in mind is really just bringing up the topic in a meaningful kind of way. Um, Eddie, what
4: do you say? Um, So actually, (laughs) I I agree a lot with um, something that you just said about, you know, just um, listening to somebody alone Active listening, which I can really use a lot of practice with, is uh, is very respectful. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I see Nukri today, and I'm really so excited to see him and Halola for that matter. But but I remember Nukri, especially Nukri, is an amazing listener. And um, when I whenever I would speak to Nukri, I would get the sense that he's really taking in every single thing I'm saying to him, whether he agrees with it or not. And many times he did not, but he always demonstrated, always, with all caps, demonstrated that he's actively listening to what I'm saying. And that's, it's very respect. I learned a lot from that. You know, an active listening is not just like, you know, some topic that they say maybe in college or whatever. There's really something real to it as far as respect. You know, it, I, it really makes you feel, even if the person completely disagrees with you, they show you that what you're saying is valid you know you have mm-hmm. an opinion and your in your opinion matters definitely mm-hmm. matters to you um mm-hmm. it also matters to me whether or not i agree with it is a different issue but it matters to me as well and that makes a person really feel great that's um, a big thing i, yeah, I want to say one one Please. thing completely completely off this topic but I uh, hope Rebbe forgives me for this, but today's the Lubavitcher Rebbe is your site. <laughs> and um, there's, uh, somebody sent me this post, and I just want to read it. It's a quote from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which I really like. You probably might have heard it. It says, um, and by the way, today's date, in America at least, is 613, which I thought was pretty cool. But um, this is the quote. He says, if you see what what needs to be repaired and how to repair it, then you have found a piece of the world that God has left for you to complete. But if you only see what is wrong and what is ugly in the world, then it is you yourself that needs repair. Oh, I wow. just thought it's a, I thought that was a really powerful line. That so, is very, uh,
0: very powerful. Wow. Beautiful.
4: Yeah. So that's
0: that's that. Okay. Well, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let me tell you one, one thing. One of the
5: things that needs much repair in the world is the lack of real communication. It's yes. a very, very rare thing to find in the entire uh, planet. So, when you try to actually hear what somebody else is saying and you try to accomplish to talk to them and they can show you they really understand what you are saying, that is a monumental event and that should be celebrated with the greatest celebration.
0: That's really, that's really special.
5: Okay, well, I can
0: tell everyone today one thing that I don't remember. Um, a Sunday night having such a discussion with people who were so actively involved in listening in a long time. So, uh, <laughs> so I can tell you uh, I really appreciate that and I appreciate everyone's feedback. And it's really a topic that's um, super, super important to all of us, both related to our learning and really related to many uh, of our relationships in life remembering those words of the Arthur Sadiqim that every single word of our communication with another person can be reflecting um, our rahmanas for them, our caring, concern, compassion, and respect for them. Or it could be neutral, which is a lack of uh, accomplishing that goal. Or he doesn't spell this out, but I assume the same in the same context, it could be the opposite. So uh, let us... Recognize the responsibility that every single means of communication can and should, to the best of our capacity, really involve care and compassion for others. And let's uh, use that opportunity to the best of our capacity. All right. Thank you so much for your for this opportunity, and I look forward to seeing you guys. Thank,
2: thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.
5: you. You're <laughs> Thank you, Eddie,
4: for that beautiful quote. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Should I send
5: it to yes, you, Rebbe. I'll
4: send it to you. <laughs> yes, please send it. Send it. I will send it to you. Doctor Zimmerman was this. Eddie. Eddie. Send it to me you
3: got it. Doctor Zimmerman, he's the, the best. Love, man. No, no, no. the best. This is fantastic. <laughs> This is great. We should, like, we should have a shot or something. We should, like, this is, this we is should be eating in right now. We
5: don't this need her. You are here. Eddie is here. Nukri is here. <laughs> <laughs> Lamey is here. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I really,
4: I'm so glad I tuned in because I actually thought I missed it. And I really, you know, I just came from an event and it wasn't, you know, that I didn't want to. I actually wanted to. And I figured, oh, man, you know, one time I tuned in and everyone was saying goodbye. <laughs> I don't even know if you <laughs> noticed that was even in there. I was just like, I was like about to go, ready. I was here. Everybody was gone. <laughs> but tonight, it was meaningful just to catch the tail end. You know, it was really meaningful. So I'm really yes. glad. Good. Yes. Good. yes. All right. Okay. Send everyone okay. the quote. Okay. You got it. Yes, Thank, got you. It.
1: Thank you so much. Oh, Thank, nice. you.
4: Thank,
5: you. Thank you. Sorry that I, that I missed you this morning. Again, I was off schedule, but this was definitely made up for it.
1: I have the answer for you next week, next Sunday. Lineder.
5: Okay. I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay.
1: Have a great week. You Thank
5: great. you.
1: Thank you. Amen. Thank you.
5: Call to. Okay. Call to.